That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Stream, the official podcast of the Clan of the Groove. Did I just say stream? I said stream. You did. I had you echoing like crazy, which is appropriate for the Echo Screen. I screamed Right, 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 right. You, 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 good? Is that about like what it sounded like? Yeah, pretty much. All right, go ahead. Let's let's just let's all collect ourselves. Let's collect ourselves. Unique New York. Unique New York. That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Ding, ding. And with me, as always, is the incredible, breathless, Rue. Rue, how are you doing today? I'm doing PG Keen and still a little bit tired. Uh, you, you are as well? Yes. Have you caught up on sleep yet? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Uh, Why don't we tell people what we're talking about in case they're completely lost? We did a charity marathon. I don't know if any of you were there for that. Beer Ninja was, for sure. Beer Ninja was. A couple of the people were. Donated quite a bit. They donated some monies. Um, so why don't you tell everybody the good news about the about that? Well, the good news is that we hit our target of $20,000 raised for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. And this is with a 60-hour Super Nintendo marathon between you, me, and uh, a third friend of ours, the Duke. $20,000? Yes, that is correct. Not 20 hundreds. Nope. 20,000. Yes, 20,000. Wow. Yes. That's Pretty a lot exciting. of money. It was exciting, yes. Uh, and I just wanted to thank everyone about that. Uh, before we move on to that, I have some interesting analytics to share with the whole group. Um, oh, okay. But first, uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, unfortunately not Commodore, but I will be at MAGFest in just two weeks, 15 days from now, which is in uh, the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, I'll be going with pretty much everyone from RetroWare TV. Um, we're going to be having a uh, RetroWare uh, panel. Uh, we're going to have a booth and autographs and which is still i find silly uh right. that's just me but uh um, why would i want you to sign anything i have no clue <laughs> but, <I don't> either. <laughs> but uh but and, there it is oh and we're also going to have this is actually exciting because you and i both went to this at pax east we have permission from the chris kohler to have a retro game road show at magfest Wow. Yes. Uh, so so this is going to be the first time that the Retro Game Roadshow will be outside of the PAX universe, and it won't be hosted by Chris Kohler. Uh, it'll actually be hosted by Pat the NES Punk, who knows a little bit about old games. Um, he knows things. A few things, yep. yeah. And yep. uh, so I'll be on that as well, pretending I know something. So, hey, if you're coming, if you're going to be coming to MAGFest, make sure you come and see us at our panels. If you're not coming to MAGFest, rethink that and come. Uh, this should be fun. Or don't, like me. Yes. But because of that, uh, we will not be having a, an Echo Screen Live in two weeks uh, because that's running right up on MAGFest, so we're just going to skip that. And we'll be yeah. back the third Wednesday in January. Uh, with Let's a, face it, it's kind of a miracle we're here right now. Kind of. So we're making it up for you by doing this now. Okay, good. We're, we're, we're going to make up for it <laughs> by, by doing that. So, yes, that's a, that's a fantastic, uh, I, I guess, uh, intro here, folks. We're very happy to be here with you, although we are not caught up on sleep, so please don't take it out on us. But in any case, um, we're going to talk today. You know, it, it is, I don't know how this happened, but it's already December. Yeah. It's already actually mid-December. It's, yeah. it's actually almost late December. We're getting up on that, yes. So it's time, we thought, to take a look back at 2012 
and look forward to what that means for 2013 in the world of geekdom, mostly gaming, but geekdom as well. Um, and so we decided to take a little bit of a look back, you know, figure out some few things we want to talk about. That's going to be the big topic of the day. Mm -hmm. But as we always do here on the, on the Echo Screen Live, we're actually going to do a, a T&B section right at, the, right at the top of the show, which consists of tids and bits that is news and notes. Yes. Um, part of which we've already shared with you about MAGFest. We're going to jump into the topic du jour, which I already described to you, so I'm not going to do it again. And then lastly... We have the very last part of the show, which people tell me is their favorite part of the what, show. I think you're lying what people tell, tell you that. Well, I mean, maybe one or two. Yes. Um, and mostly those are my friends and family. <laughs> uh, their favorite part of the show, which is the Q&A section of the show. All you have to do if you'd like to ask a question on the Q&A section. By the way, the questions could be about the topic du jour. They could be about the news and notes, the T and B, if you will. They could also be about anything it could be about pickles uh, sure perhaps you have a burning question about pickles you'd like to ask and um and if you do then i hope you do ask us but if you are going to ask a question what i want you to do is click my name in the upper right hand corner commodore 128 you'll find it there and all you have to do is click my name in the upper right corner click pm that's private message and send me your question anytime during the course of the show it doesn't have to be in the q a section could be any particular time you like Send a question. I'm going to pick the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the best questions. We're going to ask them and answer them. Well, hopefully answer them at the end of the show. Yes. But first, Does that sound clear to you? Yes. But, but first, yeah, the T&B. So, um, T&B. Let's go over a little bit of the marathon, the marathon fallout here. Uh, I, I've... As in we heard people? A little bit. Um, okay. So... Uh, we, we had a bunch of uh, prizes and so forth that we're giving away. I've actually selected the uh, grand prize winner, uh, which is the person who wins the game of their choice from 2012. So if you haven't yes. been contacted yet, I'm sorry you didn't win. Uh, possibly. I haven't heard anything back yet. So hopefully this person's still alive. Uh, or they exist at all. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If need be, I'll draw someone else out of the hat. But regardless. Uh, but Did you draw me out of the hat? <laughs> I got nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Could you milk me? Um, yeah. I could and have. Uh, so, <laughs> really? so far, I don't, we I don't remember that. We actually have, um, gee, I think six more days left technically in the marathon. It's uh, until it closes down, but we have surpassed our goal of $20,000. We're at 20277 Of that, that consists of a total of 265 people that donated, which means that the average donation was a right. Right around $75. Wait, $75? $75. Okay, that's, that's significant. Yes. That's a significant donation. So you're saying on a, on a per capita basis, we had $75 donations per capita. Yes, per capita, yes. But a majority of those, I will say, were cumulative, right? So right. maybe right, like right, I'm right. looking at one yes. person right now who donated 15 and then 25 and then 10, right? I gotcha. Yeah. So uh, people, I think, were kind of spacing things out because we had a lot of different things we were giving away, a lot of perler art, uh, Steam codes, DVD sets, things like that. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that, that, that you know, people in the chat who are at the marathon, what did you guys think? Did that help out? Were, were you only planning to give certain amounts, but then, you know, goodies kept being given out, and so that made you push more or, or things such as that? 
Yeah, what was that? I mean, because what, what, really, what we're really saying with all of this is that our fans are amazing. Pretty much. Isn't you that what we're are really, really saying? Awesome. That, to yes. have an average donation of $75 is pretty good. Plus, I mean, but that, that also counts. That also counts some people like um, Akira from VideoGameAuctions.com who is, you know, donating a lot of money, hundreds of dollars, because $25 for every challenge that we beat. Things like that. Yeah. No, it was Lynn Sane. It, it, it was Lynn Sane. Um, I, I still can't get over the fact that we actually made it. Yeah, no, it's pretty we, crazy. We, we sometimes you 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 do things to, in your in your life to challenge yourself far beyond what you think your capabilities are, so that you can <laughs> kind of stack yourselves up. You know what I mean? And we threw a number out there that we thought we were probably capable of hitting, but 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 in the in the real sense of it, had absolutely no idea, considering our our quota was about half of that the year before, and. Yeah, it did take us longer than 60 hours. It took us 61 yes. hours. 62 and a half. Well, but I mean, that was when we turned the, the, the stream off. That was not when we actually oh, right, hit the, right. the $20,000 mark. Right, right, we, right. It took us about 21 or 61 hours, I should say. Yeah. But we, we hit it. We did it. And all thanks to you guys. Uh, right. Not, not only the monetary support through donations, but also the uh, just the, the final push at the end there, which I did not see coming at all in that last couple hours was... No better put, way to put it than Lynn Sanity. So that's right. It was Lynn Sanity. So thank you, so, all you guys. Um, yeah. So we have to say a big, big, big thank you <laughs> for all of you. It, it was a tremendous success. I think to call it anything else would be uh, probably lying about it. It was a tremendous success. And what makes it a tremendous success is not the games. It's not Bay Bay's kids. It's not well, um, you know Lester the Unlikely. It's not Mrs. Rue. It's you guys. And so because we are just all acting like idiots unless you guys are donating money. So we, we want to thank you all very, very, very much for yes. your contributions. So, so thank you. And, and we're looking and forward if to you meet somebody back. out there that had donated. Make sure to thank them for us as well. Yes. One last stat before we move on to the next T&B, which I thought was yep. pretty interesting. OK. Um, the number of $150 or greater donations. 40 people. 40 people. 40 people, which I did not see coming whatsoever. Uh, so that means I need to dig out 40 Super Nintendo games for my collection and start shipping those babies out. <laughs> yes, I, I'm all over that. Let's, I'm let's all rock. for it. Let's, let's, yep. well, well, well done, everyone. That, I, I, am all, I am in a complete agreement with that. Okay. So let's oh, move on. We got, and, we got and, I, sorry, and one more thing, because I know everyone keeps asking about it already. I have the whole marathon saved, and it's going to start the long uploading process to blip because it's like 30 some gigabytes i'll be uploading it all to blip between now and the end of the year so be patient folks do you also have the weekly ringer saved so you can send it to me so i can actually post my video for the week i guess i could do that all right good let's do that all right um let's move on to the second tmb this has this has something to do with it folks so we we, we don't want to gloss over but we, we do want to bring a little bit of a mention to the fact of, of something that was completely outside of our control and obviously something that was completely outside of the marathon, but it obviously affected the marathon. And that is the horrific crimes that were committed uh, in Connecticut, Newtown, Connecticut, uh, on Friday. And we wanted to make mention of that for a couple of reasons. One, because obviously it's terrible and we're, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families at this indescribably terrible time. Mm -hmm. But... One of the things I wanted to bring up was we had several of you that messaged us 
throughout the marathon. And I really appreciated this. I, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many of these you got, Rue, but I got plenty of these. Uh, people that were basically saying thank you so much for continuing the good work of the marathon throughout that process. Because if you turn on the TV at all between Friday and Sunday, you were going to get a, an absolute deluge of terrible news. But if you turned on our stream, uh, hopefully it was a little bit uplifting. Hopefully it was a lot of fun. And several people you know, noted that it basically gave a little levity to a, a weekend that probably would never have had it. So um, you know, hopefully, we, we hope sincerely that even if you couldn't make any kind of donation, uh, obviously our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families of, of people that were victims. But if you weren't um, and you were watching the stream, that it brought a little levity to your weekend. So yeah. wanted to touch on that as well. And unfortunately, as as is to be expected, uh, the point the, the finger pointing begins anytime there is such a tragedy. And as you are ha, should you know come to expect, uh, video games is is uh, one of the supposed culprits of that you now that just causes people to go insane and, and kill people. Uh, we've discussed this before on Echo Screen we Lives. Yeah. We've put up the Doom chart, so to speak. You know. Yeah. And no need to beat it to death, but no, at the same but time, it, it warrants mention. You know? yeah. yeah, it is. I, I think I, I even I was, as I was driving back today, one of the local radio stations here was actually talking about the Lego games and talking about how it was uh, very violent for children. And I don't know if you've, if any of you have played Lego games, but I, I don't find them that way at all. I find them playful, fun, and completely appropriate for. For minors, and I, I just I, I don't understand how people get off saying that. But in any case, it's very clear, folks. People are going to come down on video games and people who play video games as being otherwise different, um, somehow neurotic, so on and so forth. What I hope all of you can do now is say really because the video game community that I'm a part of raised twenty thousand dollars for cancer research over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Say this to the people that you know. Because it really, and I'm not saying that to toot our own horn. What I'm saying no, is, no, it's you guys. We need to be able to change the perception of how gamers really work out there, um, and what contribution they make to society. And you are a key part of that. So make sure you quote that. Make sure you work on it, and and make sure you get that message out there. Because the reason we started the marathon was because we wanted to combat such awful, terrible press. And so here we are. In some ways, it's kind of fitting that it happened the same weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. All right. Do we have one? Are last we done with that? Let's 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 move on from that. Yeah. I, I, we've had, people have talked about that enough over the past couple days. Let's move on to another T and B. There was a movie that came out this weekend. X versus Sever, ballistic. Love actually. Ooh, that's um, a good. That is a good movie. No, it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, with every single actor and actress in Britain in it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, really, Keira Knightley's in it. It's just—it's freaking unbelievable. Um, no, the Hobbit came out this weekend. I totally derailed you. Yes, yes, it did. Um, neither the of us Hobbit, have seen it yet, though. I would say the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Um, I haven't seen it yet. No, but are are you going to see it? That's the question. I'll probably see it not in a the theater. Well, you know what though? I kind of want to see it in the theater because I keep hearing a lot about this forty-eight. Um, frame per second thing oh so yeah right so you want to see if that's going to be significantly different in terms of an experience i'm sure it would be significantly different just because the eye 
uh, really can only distinguish it can the eye can distinguish between twenty four and, and forty eight, and twenty four yes. is a really an old standard from the nineteenth century, basically early twentieth, right. um, when technology just wasn't really that great. So I, I'm curious. It, it is funny though how the difference between twenty four frames per second, which is what movies run at, and thirty frames per second, which is what TV runs at. Because yep. of the higher frame rate, our brains are conditioned to think that the higher frame rate is cheaper, you know. Right. And an internet video generally also runs at thirty frames per second, just because that's how most modern cameras work. Um, right. So it's funny. I don't know. I, I I'd be curious to see that uh, that technical aspect almost more than the uh, actual story. Although I would like to see Morgan Freeman, not Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Wesley Snipes? No, no. Who's he in this movie? Who's Who's Bilbo? Uh, uh, Tim from The Office. Yeah, Tim from The Office. That's how, that's how I know it's him. Not Morgan Freeman. And by the way, I'm gonna vo- I'm gonna go out on the limb here and tell you that I think Tim from The Office is better than Jim from The American Office. Can oh, I just yeah. say that? Martin Freeman. I wasn't far off. Martin Freeman. There you go. Martin Freeman. Uh, <laughs> I'm and uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was awesome too. He was in that. Um, yes. It's actually a really really good movie. But are you gonna see it so, in the theater? I'm ready to blow your mind. Uh, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? Yes. Remember when when you saw the first Lord of the Rings movie? Oh yeah, we were okay. we were together. It was like one in the morning because we it was a got it, in early. Oh, well it started at one in the morning. It ended at like four. Yes, but um, yes. Yeah, so that was at a, a a very particular moment in history. Now I want you to think that the opening of the Hobbit is the same kind of an event for someone ten years later. You blew my mind. Wow. But the thing is, the Lord of the Rings really did... It was it was a new beginning for something in cinema, I think. It was, yeah. Um, really brought fantasy to the movie public in a way it really hadn't before. Oh, I know. You're right. <sighs> even with even with some you know movies that were relatively popular, it wasn't <clears throat> anything like three, three and a half hour movies that right. basically works with the greatest fantasy text pretty much ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a certain bar that had to be jumped over, and, and they did it. So with that in mind, I'm going to have to go see it in the theater alone, mm-hmm. um, just because of the fact that that when I saw the first Lord of the Rings movie in the theater, when I saw, uh, you know, um, The Fellowship, it was so mind-blowing that it's almost like I have to go kind of relive that kind of experience where there's something new you know something very well anticipated and i can sit down and really be taken by the wonderment of the uh, the moment so i'm i'm definitely going to go see it in the theater well i don't want to belabor the point because there may be a tolkien-esque podcast or live stream coming in the very near future hint, oh really hint okay but uh parbs yeah. brings up an interesting point which is have you read the hobbit or the lord of the rings have you, or are you going to read it before you watch it i have read all the lord of the rings books okay I have not read The Hobbit, although The Hobbit would be very easy to read. You could probably read The Hobbit in a yeah. couple of days, oh, maybe yeah. even a night if you really got at it. Um, so I haven't read The Hobbit, but I have seen the the cartoon version of The Hobbit, so I know the story. Oh, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know now, what happens. Now, before the Lord of the Rings movies came out, I read about halfway through Fellowship, and then the movie came out, and I was like, oh, i got to see it. And then I just never picked yeah. it up. I have all the books. I just haven't picked them back up, and I feel bad for that. So this brings up an interesting point, too. If you guys have suggestions, things you'd like to see on the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf, all you need to do 
is send an email to Commodore128 at planetofthegraywolf.com. I will assemble it into my secret cache of Echo Screen Live topics and will add it to said cache. And uh, perhaps we will do it in one way, shape, or form. But in any case... And if, you're ca- if you're, yours is selected, you'll be sent a check for $10,000. Right? Really? Are we not doing that anymore? No. Uh, no, I don't think we're doing that anymore. That was, that was totally... That was so 2012. Void in Canada. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, those are the TNB. I don't think we really have anything else. We, we Anything nope. else you want to talk about? Nope. That's it. That's all the news in the world. Oh, there were some really big things that happened this week, but I'm just going to go... Folks, I'm gonna. I mean, I think I probably write something about this. I read an article this week. You should all read about why the Xbox failed in Japan. Check that one out. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a great article. Well, it's a great article. It's not. It's not the best article I've ever read or anything, but it's good. Check it out. Good game journalism, folks. FTW. I like to share that with you all. Okay. And so, my axe. Yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry. And my axe. Um, <laughs> I had to. Vulcan assassin be in it in the chat no, keep it was fine it, it was totally appropriate it worked thank you okay so several of you have already started sending me questions thank you all so very much for sending me questions um because i'm going to sort through those before we get to the q a section but now we're going to move into the part of the show that i like the best because i don't like answering questions <laughs> that's a lie i love i love answering questions answering questions is probably my favorite part of the show that's probably why i say it in any case my favorite part of the show which is to talk about what we actually wanted to talk about which is 2012? 2012. I beat you to it. I win. You win. So you get to talk first. Go. Uh, uh, uh. So I think what... what, um, about 2012? (laughs) That was a crappy movie, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. It was pretty terrible. Um, So I think... The world ends in a few days, so just stay on the lookout. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Sorry if I don't get the marathon video up by then. Um, So here, the format that... I was thinking we could do is talk about some of the biggest gaming related stories of 2012 and how it might affect the year coming up 2013. See, I know my years. Oh um, yeah. So I got one to put out to you. Okay. Go ahead. And when I was looking up stories from this year, I, I was a little stunned that this happened this year. It seems like so long ago, but the double fine Movies were invented. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, no, the double fine Kickstarter was this year. Um, Tim Schafer's hugely successful, like $3 million Kickstarter, which really started the Kickstarter gold rush for a lot of different things, but especially video games, indie video games that want to be in development. Um, no way. I know. And, and, and since then, we've seen a lot of other games. <laughs> we've seen a lot of other games coming out uh, through Kickstarter. I don't know yeah. how many have actually been delivered yet. I saw another article saying that a very large amount of uh, Kickstarter projects are delivered late, like eighty-five percent. We've had a whole podcast about this. Come on, let's let's move let's move forward here. Yeah. So here you go. What 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 do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that the Kickstarter chuck wagon is already uh, <laughs> your track wagon breaking um, down for two thousand three? Are people already getting sick of it? Because there's well, there's I mean, starting to be backlash. I've seen. There is. I think Kickstarter projects. Kickstarter defined two thousand twelve as the year of the game. Um, I'm not sure that's going to continue. I don't, I'm not sure 20, 2013 is going to be the uh, encore to that or if it's going to be more of just kind of the death of it. Um, you know, I, well, I just... Well, pick a position and take it. Stick it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Kickstarters will continue, but I think they're going to they're gonna be very much more limited in terms of their success. 
Um, I think you're going to see people really donating to very, very specific projects and not um, kind of rough shot into a lot of things they're excited about. One of the things I think that's going to make or break Kickstar, Kickstarter is the Ouya console. Which I totally don't expect to go anywhere. Well, it was just totally fine. I think that's a completely defensible position. I hope that's not the case, but I'm skeptical as well. In any case, if that thing does really well and delivers on the promises, then I think the Kickstarter has a great chance of continuing on because then it's it's more than just software. It really they can show they can deliver even in hardware platforms, completely new competing hardware platforms. And well, I thought that was just you know, that's going to be kind of, for me, the barometer of how Kickstarter moves in 2013. In theory. You have to you have to say all that in theory because not very much has been, if anything, has really been delivered yet from all these Kickstarters no. that have been coming out this year. Except, except that they did ship development consoles last month. Okay, fine. But still. So that is a key delivery. something at least. But well, but my point is, I mean, that if you're looking at milestones, they've hit the biggest milestone that they've promised yet. I would. Which is that developers can actually develop for the console a year before it comes out. Okay. That's pretty good. We'll see. They haven't failed yet. We'll put it that yeah. way. But then uh, again, fi- 38 Studios was working on a, a video games for years before they went down the tubes. That's here, right. Here, but uh, Parbs is, is uh, really hitting it uh, tonight. He was saying that... Parbs knows Commodore 64. Parbs is not to be messed with. There you go. But uh, he's he's saying that he thinks that donation fatigue is going to set in once you see more and more of these failed projects, projects that hit their goal. They don't fail in that way, but they fail to deliver. <clears throat> I agree. Because I agree. because we don't really this. This is the year Kickstarter blew up kick for for games. Uh, yep. There hasn't been enough time to see whether or not these games can successfully be made. Right. Whether or not these indie developers are successful in determining how much money it's going to take to make these games. And I think I saw something in Gama Sutra not too long ago about how a lot of these uh, indie game Kickstarters are are greatly underestimating how much money it takes to make a game. So once I think you're right. I I think there's a very good chance that as 2013 goes on and more of these promised games fall apart. People yes. are going to be much more dubious. Well, we, we don't want to spend too much time on Kickstarter, but I'll no, go no. back to what I said before, which was this. If you go look at why the Double Fine Kickstarter took off, it's because you have a proven mind in terms of game creation and design, right? Mm-hmm. And since then, there have been a lot of proven minds that have you know, been assembled to create games and, and ideas for games. But there have also been a lot of people putting in ideas that have never done anything before. True. And so I think as that multiplies and continues to go on and on and on, you're probably going to see a lot more people that don't have any experience expecting the same kind of response. And I just don't think you're going to get that. It's a gold rush. It is. It, it's, it's, you see it in, in, in almost anything that, that, yeah. that, has unsu- that has surprising success. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's that, that's a good one, and I think 2013 will probably be a, a, a much more lean year than 2012 for Kickstarter. The year of Kickstarter what, fatigue, right? So what do you? What else? What, what other things have you seen in 2012 that you think, or 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 just items of 2012 that deserve recognition? 
Okay, so this is um, it's it's mostly related. There's a few different things. This is mostly related to gaming, but uh, the whole right. the whole kind of popping. There seems to be a bit of a, a a popping. You could argue whether it's a hard pop or a soft pop of social media uh, okay. as a yep. as a you know gold gold mine basically. Facebook okay. Facebook's IPO yes came out at double what it's currently at. Right. right. So they took a big hit. I mean, they're not going out of business anytime soon, but no, they're not the mega billion dollar company that they once were. That's uh, right. But the That's biggest right. thing here, and this is what relates to gaming, is Zynga is going down the tubes like crazy yes. after paying. Hold on here. I got one hundred and eighty million dollars for draw something. Yeah. And uh, how's that going? You know, I got an email from them yesterday. First email I've seen from them in probably over a year from Zynga. From from draw something. Oh, I never even saw draw something. It was fun for a week. Yeah, it really was. It was very fun for a week. I mean, they're they're losing they're losing uh, tons of stock. Uh, their share prices are falling. They're losing uh, upper management up the yin yang. Yeah, uh, Facebook's dropping them like a hot potato. Right. It's not it's bailing like a sinking ship. This whole market of the Farmville type game where you know you pay to play essentially in the social platforming is it's not dead but it seems to be dying pretty quickly uh at least at least again it's coming out of that gold rush phase where real harsh reality is starting to hit in uh or, or yeah hit in and here's here's a funny thing uh so actually the tnb that we we skipped over was thq filing for bankruptcy this year or sorry, today finally which has been coming for years and years and years yes but, but yes um, finally but they're not luckily all their assets seem to be being sold so like south park stick of truth isn't going anywhere but yeah. um my point being with that is that uh i saw chris kohler tweet today something like so thq is worth about a third of draw something right because they're selling all their stuff the whole you can buy a thq for like 60 million dollars or something like that and right. i was like that puts the whole thing in perspective the mania from earlier this year it does but i mean that's 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 typical I mean, you know, you buy something when it's hot. You don't buy it when it's cold, right? And the the thought behind Zynga was that all games were going to follow down that road and that, you know, we would all see games akin to Farmville coming out. Those would be the only viable games moving forward. And it was going to kill the call of duties of the world. It was going to kill the halos of the world. Because why would people spend 60 bucks on a game when they could actually go and play something like Farmville and, uh, uh, you know, kind of continue to farm small amounts of, of money from people to play it online? Mm-hmm. It probably also doesn't help that Zynga is well known for kind of maybe possibly stealing ideas from other companies. But, you know, we that's can, true, too. We could, that's true, too. So, it so, also helps if you're actually making games that are unique. So, so what do you think? 2013, the, the official death of Zynga? I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay, they're, they're, I would not be surprised about that at all. I, I would, I would, if I were a betting man, I bet for it rather than against it. Mm-hmm. As Hidoshi says, they they haven't really diversified very much. I think no, that that's one of their many problems. But that's okay. I mean, th- their their idea was, but see, their business model was never to diversify. Mm-hmm. Their their business model was that they would continue to make the games <clears throat> that people would want to in this new kind of. Necessarily genre, but this new way of this new market of video games. I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, okay, uh, at least a couple more here. Um, oh, hold on just one second. So, folks, several of you have already asked some questions. I'm starting to assemble quite a list here, which is fantastic for the Q&A section coming up. If you haven't asked your question yet, all you have to do is send me a private message there. Click on my name, click PM, send me a question. Mm -hmm. Perhaps if it's good enough or if I deem it worthy or stupid enough, I will ask it on the air. Okay, go ahead, continue. Sweet. Next is the uh, proverbial circling the drain of the PS Vita. Oh, uh, yes. Which I don't think is... I don't, I don't think that's that's going out on a limb to say that, that this is um, a failing game platform. It's it's selling like crap in its homeland of, of Japan, which is always a bad sign. Uh, yeah, especially I, for a Sony product. I, I mean, I mean, for its lifetime, it's done okay, but you're starting to see a lot of developers coming away, going away from the platform in general. Um, that's right. Not to say they're necessarily flocking toward the 3DS, uh, but it seems like between the 3DS and mobile gaming and the lack of blockbuster titles on the Vita. Yes. It's a great piece of hardware, but it's not, it's going nowhere fast. I, I agree. And I think we're, it's a, it's kind of an interesting time to watch what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot of crap happening right now that I think we, you know, affects us. That are people that are, that are looking out. Well, let's put it this kind of community. I mean, folks are are definitely going to be impacted by this, whichever way it, it tends to go, right? Mm -hmm. So, what do you think? I mean, what's what's your what's your two cents on this? Uh, on the Vita in, in particular, or yep, on the Vita okay. in particular. What, what do you what do you? Because you don't own a Vita. No, I don't. I never own a Vita. You don't own a PlayStation either. Well, I don't own a PlayStation, but that's because I have an Xbox 360, and I I see mo a lot of titles that are for one are also for the other. You know, I'm not going to buy a 360 uh, PS3 just for Uncharted. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I, more importantly, I don't know anyone that owns a P PS Vita. A PS Vita, I do. My brother owns one. Oh, okay. I was going to say you don't own a PS Vita. Don't, no, don't I don't own a PS Vita. But your brother, and I, I haven't okay. really had a need to. What what is what is uh, what does your brother think of it? He loves it. He absolutely loves it. Okay. I mean, it's it's basically the way to take a PS3 and cram it into a, a a portable format. And if you're into that kind of thing, that's awesome. I am not into that kind of thing. I don't ride a train into work every day. Um, I don't take planes all the time. When I do, I just play my little DS games, and I'm totally happy with them. Um, well, from what I so. I don't think I'm the market for the PS Vita. Well, and that's the interesting thing is that by all accounts, it should be selling really well. It's, yeah. it's, it, it is a fine piece of hardware. It's got dual mm. touch screens. I think the touch screen on the back is pretty interesting. That's something I hadn't seen before. You oh, know, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very high technology. <clears throat> but It is. But one, the, main the main problem I keep hearing from people who own it, reading forums, talking to people online, uh, and reading articles, is that the games seem to be watered down rehashes of triple a titles for the ps3 yeah so it's yeah. like why why would you pay to play you know a, a watered down version of uncharted or something like that when you can just play the real version on ps3 and it's just yeah. it's just not worth the price it's not worth the time uh, I, I for, that's for true. most people uh, i don't know I, that's true if, if everyone yeah, feels that way but so nintendo 
and, and this is why I think it's cool. You know, Nintendo is a very different philosophy than Sony here because Nintendo's philosophy is that you should you should be able to make uh, mobile games kind of attractive in their own right, in a very different kind of way, right? It is its own unique experience. Now, maybe that experience gets blurred a little bit by the Wii U with the capability to have this, this well, tablet interface in your hands, right? <laughs> but, but, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's not, I mean, you can't go play, you can't just pop the Wii U out and go bring it on a train and expect to play your, you know, your oh, no. Wii games. You no. can't do that. Um, but their idea is that, you know, mobile games should be fundamentally at least a little bit different than the experience you have in a, on a home console. Mm-hmm. And I'd say I agree with that. But PlayStation's idea is that there should be no borders, that the games that you experience at home should be exactly the same or as close to exactly the same as you could possibly do on a portable console. Right. Where do you land along that continuum, as it were? So I th- Vulcan Assassin and Indie Game Searchlight both, I think, are hitting the nail on the head on this one. Is, okay. Um, it's hard to name a game on the Vita that you need to play. The system seller. They're, it's so true. They're it's really, true. I mean, may I've heard fine things about like Persona Four, uh, Golden, and uh, 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 not Super Meat Boy, uh, Little Big Planet. Yeah. Uh, you know what I played on it, which was really system fun, sellers. was was Vice City. Yeah, and there are fine games on it, but they're not system sellers. Whereas you look at something like. Uh, Mark from Indie Game Searchlight said, there's tons of games on Android and Apple platform, mobile gaming, that are really well known. And they're like, they're not system sellers because it's, that's not the point of the game. But nope. people have to buy them. And the fact that they're just a few bucks makes that makes them that kind of, uh, you know, checkout line uh, purchase, you know, the, the... The impulse buy. Impulse buy. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so for, and, for me, you know, the, I, would, I would much rather buy... If I was going to buy buy Vice City right now, I'd buy it for Android. Exactly. I already have it for Xbox. I already have it, you know, for for PS2. Why in the hell would I buy it for anything but the mobile platform on my Android? And even the 3DS, which has had its share of problems for sure, it seems to be it seems to have braved the rocky waters okay, and it's got yeah. a good stable of games sure. that are sure. that are arguably system sellers. You got your Mario Kart Seven, of course. You got your Super Mario 3D Land, you got your new Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, it's doing all right. Um, so for the next year, I don't think Pete, the Vita's going away, uh, but I think it's going to keep going on a, a bit of a downward slope unless something magical happens, and I think the 3DS is going to keep gaining a little bit of traction, constantly fighting that mobile market. But I th- It I think is, it's yeah. It's, it's, right. fighting, it's fighting a much bigger foe than Sony. The you know the mobile game platform obviously has changed completely. Several of you have talked about it in the chat already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the mobile game market has changed completely yeah. in the last five years. Uh, that's being gracious. And, um, yeah, and the funniest thing about the 3DS though is that the 3D aspect has been really played down as of late. I, I absolutely because I think we can all absolutely. say the 3D the 3D mania is kind of dead by this point. Yeah, I mean it, from Avatar. Yeah, it's true. So. Um, all right, last bit. Let's let's only spend a few minutes on this one. But uh, yeah, hey, the Wii U launched—that's a new console. That's kind of Wii launched, which is a new console. So a new console in 2012. Yep, uh, we are. Gee, 
Yeah, it launched just about a month ago. So we're a month into this new console, that which is, of course, not nearly enough time to say whether it's going to be successful or not, especially no. since the other two contenders have yet to come out. But Right. Or even be announced, for that um, Or matter. even be technically announced. However, I would have to say that I'd be very surprised if both of those consoles were not released by this point next year. Yeah, uh, that's going to happen. If, uh, I, I don't yeah. think there's any way that doesn't happen. Um, so that means we're only about six months away from hearing the from official the announcement. announcement for these consoles. About, yeah. Um, if you're assuming E3, yeah. yeah exactly, which is what's going to happen. Um, so we're six months away from, from hearing the launch of the new consoles. The Wii U is the harbinger for the new generation. Uh-huh. And it's doing, um, it's doing fine sales-wise. It's doing uh, very well. It's, got a very, it's certainly not a Wii, but it's but it's No, but that would completely but it's good. change the game. Uh, it's very, very good. I think, I think a lot of people are waiting to see. Yeah, and I think, I think that makes total sense. You know, the Wii U is making an attempt to kind of come back to that hardcore game market whatever the hell that means i hate that term but um but i think it's making a a a push to come back there and i think it's done a very good job and i think it will continue to do so if it has the kind of games that would allow it that kind of respect Mm -hmm. um so you know i'm in wait and see mode i'm one of those people i mean i'm intrigued by the wii u i I like the idea i'm just not sure if i would if i need one you know what i mean mr mailbag says wii u is an albatross which is an interesting way to put it. Um, I'm not sure it's an albatross. Is it really? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Not as of yet. I mean, it's not. I, I don't think it, so. it's selling fine. Um, it is. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's also kind of the logical. Here's why I think Nintendo has, uh, you know, Nintendo hedges its bets in in ways that I think are are wise. But I'm I'm interested mm-hmm. now in. The difference between the Wii and the Wii U, right? So they're they're very much tied together, but they're tied together so much in terms of concept that I think a lot of people that bought a Wii are not going to be buying a Wii U because they don't see any reason to do so, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Windows 8 phenomenon. You know, Windows 8 is launched. It's out there. Everyone knows it's there. Nobody's buying it. Why is nobody buying it? Because... Generally speaking, people kind of sit down and they wait for a Microsoft operating system that's worth a damn, right? And what that means is that they generally wait every other version, right? Yeah. The Wii U is so closely tied to the Wii. I think you have a lot of people out there that even though they only spent, they spent a fraction of what our friends that bought Xbox 360s and PS3s spent. They're still saying, I invested money in this console. Why in the hell would I buy a new Wii? six five years out right uh yeah but that's something that you always have to deal with when you when you deal with new video game right. console you're saying that the people that bought the wii aren't really used to that gaming console uh but it's unique to the way it's so unique to, to the wii and we can we can both agree about it. i don't know about that why it's unique to the wii is because the wii was selling consoles to people that had never bought consoles in their lives say the same thing about the ps2 though no. How did the PS2 sell so much no. then if it wasn't selling ga- console? It sold way more than the NES. No. I think you're still tired from the marathon is what it is. Yeah. Well, I am tired because of the marathon. That's not, what, that's not the point. The point is this. <laughs> the reason the Wii sold so well had nothing to do with anything but the fact that they were exposing markets that didn't exist before. They were selling Wii U's to grandmothers, grandfathers, 
and folks that were of a completely different generation that had never bought a console before, but were buying one for, for one reason or another, whether it happened to be for exercise, in other words, non-gaming, two, for the kind of unique experience. For example, my mom played uh, the Wii, she played Wii Tennis and was like, wow, this is fun. My mom couldn't even pick up a controller for another system. She wanted one immediately. That is amazing. The problem is, is that I would argue that's happened twice, at least twice before with the PS2 and the NES. With what? Yeah, you've had people who, you've had a large subsection of the population that never really played a video game or at least a home video game console that were like, oh, I'm going to get this. The PS2. Never. The, the Trojan never horse on the PS2. You're full of crap. The, the, never. The, the main Trojan horse with the PS2 is the DVD. When DVDs were, were getting big, it's like, hey, DVD player. People are like, oh, okay, I'll get that. Oh, and it happens Fair to play games. But that's a selling point to an existing console system. For you're, example. You're wrong. Beer Ninja is wrong. Darn it. Wait. I, I'm leaving. I actually sold the concept of buying a PlayStation 2 to my father because it had a DVD player. Do you think my dad played games? Yeah. No. My dad could barely lift a control. He didn't care, right? But he, but he liked the idea of having a having a DVD player, right? So, yes. But it, it had nothing to do with bu- people buying grandmothers buying PS2s because they played DVDs. No, no. This isn't. This is a very interesting topic that we've struck upon because we're we're divided, and it seems the chat's just about divided down the middle on this too. Uh, yeah. Whether or not the well, Wii is but, completely but, but the, unique. But the, but the folks that are right are on my side, so it's okay. So are you saying? Let me, let me sum up what you're trying to get at, though. Is does that mean that that you're trying to say the Wii? U, there's no way it can possibly be as successful as the Wii because the Wii was a completely unique animal. Yes, it was completely unique among every console that's ever been released. They sold more consoles than God. They sold so many. And how many consoles has God sold? I understand you're talking about the PS2. Three. No, no, no. you're talking about the PS2. Ten. As a comparison. But the PS2 has been out for over 10 years. Doesn't matter. It sold 100 million units within five no. years. No, that's the, but but that's a completely different phenomenon in the in the largest video game market in the world, which is North America. Because where you see PS2s yeah. being purchased right now, and where you saw it being purchased in the late stages of its cycle was not North America. It was the rest of the world, which are still playing PS2s. Not PS3s, not Xbox 360s. I think you're insane. They're playing PS2s. You're insane. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just right. In any case. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's an interesting tale. conversation. Maybe it's one we have another time. I, I argue the Wii is unique. And I think, and, and by the way, I think it's awesome as a unique console. This does sound like a, a, an Echo Screen Live topic. It is. It, it is. It's, it's a great conversation, right? I mean, we, I think it's perfectly legitimate to have either. Maybe it's a perfect it's perfectly legitimate to have either view of this. Right. I, I think you could say that the Wii is unique. I think you could say that the Wii is just kind of a harbinger of a completely new generation of consoles. I, I get it. I just happen to believe the Wii is very unique. Part of that is because I argued for the uniqueness of the Wii in my master's thesis. So I have a I have a I have a I have a stake in this. Does that make sense? I think the Wii is unique too, just like the PS2 and the NES. 
and even arguably the Atari 2600. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, different, different story altogether. All right. <laughs> Folks. Folks. It, we've spent a lot of time talking about the topic du jour today. Um, that means we're probably going to have to take some questions here. So. Um, and where do they send questions? Yeah, they're probably they're probably all the same questions everybody's been asking in chat anyway. Um, here we go. First question. Wait, wait, you ready no, for this? Re no, really. Where do they send the questions? Oh, oh, okay. They want to do it now? Yes. Here you go, folks. Just in case you missed it before, <laughs> all you have to do. Yeah, it's, it might be might be important for them to. All you have to do is see. There you go. Right there. Commodore 128. Click on my name. Click PM. That's private message. All you have to do is send me a message. Let me know what question you want to ask. If it's good enough, if it makes the cut. If I think it's worthy, we'll get it on the air. All right, you ready for the first question? Yep. Have we have we successfully transitioned to the Q and A section of this particular podcast? Perfect. That's it, that sound. That folks. is our Q and A whistle. Successfully, yeah, we've successfully transitioned to the to the next part of the podcast. Monty fifty five. He was a good dog. Asks a question. Says, will butt.com be the sponsor of next year's marathon? I think we should try that. All right. Next question. <laughs> Jay Zines asks. I had to ask it because it was too freaking funny. We already got rule 34, so we might as well. We might as well go for butt.com. Yeah. What are you guys, JZNES asks, what are you guys looking forward to possibly getting as a gift this year for Christmas? That's a great question, JZNES. Uh, it's funny because my mom was asking this the other day because I'm going to go visit her this weekend. Um, so she needs to do some Christmas shopping. Yeah. I, I put up a, a 3DS game that I, I, I was really interested in. Um, the the biggest, I don't know. You know what I'm looking at? Uh, and it's not really a, anything I would expect it to get me for a present because it's just difficult. But I'm looking at a, a Samsung Note 2. A Galaxy Note? Galaxy Note. Wow. I, I, might, I might take that jump. It's been a couple of years since I've upgraded my phone. Why did you just get a Nexus 7? No, because I want a good phone. Oh, you want a phone? You, yeah. you specifically want a phone. You're I want a phone and a tablet. I want to get a phablet. A phablet. Yeah, I, I checked one out the other day. It's big, but you know what? I like the big. I like because I use it. I use it more. I use my phone more as an internet connection device than I do as a phone anyway. So yeah. Why not have it'll fit in my pocket? Why not? That's typical. That's typical. I, I think a lot of people would probably say the same thing. For those who are not I, who, who are not in the know, it's a the Samsung Galaxy Note Two is a five point five inch smartphone. Anyway, go ahead. It's a it's a phablet. And yes, I'm I'm compensated. I'm all over that. So I think for me, what I would like, there are a couple things. Um, you know what I really love to have yourself, myself, because <laughs> I like me. Um, no, I would like a uh, Bluetooth audio speaker, a la the new um, Jambox. Okay, from I understand your crazy music. World. No, it's sweet. It's it's a really cool. Like they have they have the Sonos MiFi that's out now, or whatever it's called. Uh, a phablet in the Jambox. No. <laughs> anyway, what I want to do be what I want to be able to do is to be able to basically stream audio to the Bluetooth device wherever I am, and I can move it from place to place. Like what I use it for is actually being in the shower. You just pop the thing right up on that. You, you pull, you know, I, connect, okay. hit play, 
go and rock and roll. It's magic um, of wireless yeah, technology. I like it. I think it's cool. I, I want, think it's a really good idea. I want, to turn the, I want to turn this on the chat. Hey, chat, spam us with what you want, you are most looking forward to as a possible Christmas gift or holiday gift. Go. Go. Brown tooth. There you go. All right. Next question. Brown. Okay. <laughs> no. Next question. <laughs> Knuckles asks us a cool question. Have you ever made homemade wine? Whoa, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Before moving on, we just got a, quite a bit of Wii U's. So, hey, maybe Nintendo's doing all right. Fail. Also, Christina Hendricks. I would like that. Knuckles asks, do you have you ever made homemade wine? I have not. I haven't either. I've had homemade wine and homemade mead. Honey wine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say. Man, that stuff is... That'll knock you for a loop before you even know it's what's good. going on. It's good. Yep. Um, here's a great question. Remember the Ages asks, what three games would you make sure to expose your children to? Super Mario Brothers. Because, come on. Uh... <sighs> An RPG of some sort, you know. Might I? I might even go with. Earth, I might even go with Earthbound. You're gonna expose the. You're gonna expose them to Earthbound. I think that's a good. That's a good one for kids to pick up. There's a lot of good kid-friendly stuff in there. All right, so if we're gonna go with one, I'll go with Civilization. Hmm. Depends I think on Civilization the age. depends on the age. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would well, love four, to see. You're not gonna give them Civ. You're not gonna give them Earthbound either. But that's when they're five. Oh, cut it out. The point is... <laughs> Cooper and his real cat face would love Earthbound. He has a real cat face. <laughs> he, is a, he is a genuine, true cat. Okay, Mr. Mailbag asked, <laughs> who is your favorite X-Men or Marvel character? Oh. Good one. Mm, I wasn't super huge into X-Men as a kid, but for some reason I liked Cyclops. Granted, I didn't know much about X-Men. But if you're going to expand it to Marvel, I always like Spider-Man. I really enjoyed the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s. I enjoyed the movies, except for the third one. I haven't seen the new one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with Spider-Man. Um, Deadpool is pretty awesome, though. My favorite character in the Marvel universe might be Fizzlock, who was also part of the X-Men for a while. Fizzlock. So, all right. Let me level set with you guys. I collected Marvel cards when I was in elementary school. Nerd. Dork. I love them. Jerk. What? And I had all the X-Men cards. And my favorite was Fizzlock because she was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, is this what and we're And she going carried for? these giant freaking swords. I'm looking this up right now. Hold on. I absolutely love that. Next. Hold on, I'm looking up Fizzlock. Fizzlock. She's she's the hot nest monster. You'd Fizz. enjoy her. Did you mean Fizzback? No, I mean Fizzlock. L O C K E, I think is what is how you spell it. Is it how you spell F F I Z F I S? P H Y S L. Oh, Psylocke. Yeah, but I we called her Fizzlock because we were stupid and we were kids. You are stupid. Fizzlock. That's what we called her. That's what we called her at the time. It's yeah. Psylocke. You're no, right, okay, but we called her Fizzlock. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I remember her from the video games of the time, too. Psychopather asks, Yep. Sir, I have a very important question regarding pickles. Because I asked a question about pickles. For those of you that just joined the show. Fuzzy pickles? Um, I browsed this Wikipedia article, and apparently southern children pickle cucumbers. 
Wait, and apparently Southern Children Pickle Cucumbers is in Kool-Aid. Do you believe this? Have you seen it done? Wait, say that again. Southern yeah. Children... Oh, Southern Children Pickle Cucumber. You, you're bad at, at reading questions. I'm sorry. I, I, I read exactly what he said. Okay. No, no, but you said it incorrectly. He's okay, asking... Sorry, sorry. He's heard that Southern Pickle... Sorry, crap. Let me try that again. Southern See, Children... You're bad at citing questions. Southern Children... I'm doing it from memory. Southern Children Pickle Cucumbers... It, what do you say in Kool-Aid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that okay. If anyone has seen Alton Brown's Feasting on Asphalt, which they should, because it's awesome. Because uh, it's awesome. He stops in, I want to say Mississippi or so forth, uh, maybe Louisiana, and yeah, that's a thing. I think in the Deep South, I haven't seen anyone he around here do it, but in the Deep South, it's people brine pickles in in Kool-Aid. They're Kool-Lickles. I've never tried one, but I'd try it. If I had the chance, I'm so glad you took that one because I had no freaking answer. Okay, <laughs> that's a good question. Unassuming local guy asks, "When will the marathon be available to watch?" The answer is as soon as possible. I already possible. answered that. Why are you asking the question? I already answered. Because the people join the show late. They you don't, don't even listen. You don't. You don't listen to me anymore. Flashia asks, "What should I experience first, the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit? Movies or books?" Ooh, okay. Two questions for one. That's two questions. Yep. I can't say for sure about The Hobbit because uh, I haven't seen it. That, yep. But that's very similar to the question of, oh, should I first watch episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars uh, or four, five, six? Is it really? Is it really that similar? Okay, not really. But you know, I understand. I don't, what that, I don't find that similar. Yeah. I'll go, go with ahead. Lord of the Rings just because it's awesome. And then books or movies. Hmm, again, I haven't finished the books. If you are in a position where you can read the books, I would read the books. They're great. They're awesome. They're something you should you should enjoy. But I will tell you this. You don't have to enjoy the books to enjoy the movies. The movies are great. You can watch them and then go back and enjoy the, the, the books completely. And that's what I did. I saw the movies. I read the books. I actually bought it while I was in college. Hmm. Um, One thing I, I do find amusing how – I was thinking about this the other day. I find it amusing how every single time the Silmarillion is brought up, people always say the same thing. It's very dense and boring. <laughs> it's like it's interesting yes. if you can hold on like to just to get all the background on the Tolkien universe, but it's, it is boring as crap. Planet Black myself. Wolf asks, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking the remnants of what was a Godfather, which is – Johnny Walker or other comparable whiskey and DiSerrano. Actually, that sounds really good. It is. It's kind of like a rusty nail, but it tastes like a. It tastes like a. It's like a little bit of smoky flavor to it. It's good. Hmm. All right. Um. Let's see. It's, Here it's, we. It's so, the thing with the Silmarillion, it's so dense. Every single frame has so much going on. So can I tell you? A funny story? What? Let me tell you a funny story about the Silmarillion. Okay. And I don't want to crap on anybody's beliefs here, <laughs> but I was in an acapella group in college. What you? E Sorry, we ahead. went to a church one time to sing for peoples during a church service. I'm tired. I should tell you something. We went to a, a universalist Unitarian church, and they read from the Cimmerillion. I have never seen the Cimmerillion the same since that day. In church. Could you imagine if someone said a reading from the book of the Cimmerillion? That'd be kind of interesting. Be interesting, right? <laughs> All right. 
anyway. All right, here we go. So let's see. Let me move on to. All right. Here we go. From the from the wonderful and uh, reliable Vulcan assassin who has been very good to us during the the marathon. And thank you very much, Vulcan assassin, for uh, also making a donation. By the way, mm-hmm. donating not only time but making the donation in terms of a game. Yes, I'll be getting back to you about that very soon. As I said, I'm working through all this now. This year, I backed my first Kickstarter to go back and finish the NES game Cheetah Man 2, done by original developers and producers, mm-hmm. and, put it on, and put it on actual NES cartridges and ship it out. Mm-hmm. As an avid game collector, I knew the rarity of Cheetah Man 2, and I backed it. It succeeded. They're shipping it now as promised. My question, what are your thoughts on reproduction cartridges? Um, the Cheetah Man 2 thing is a little different than other reproduction cartridges because the guy who made that Kickstarter actually owns the rights to it. He bought the rights to Cheetah Man 2. Uh, Cheetah Men 2. So that is... Um, I th- okay, this is a few different answers to the question. In general, reproduction carts, I like the idea because it's a way to yeah. play games like if you want to play Clock Tower in English and not you know, you want to play it on your NES or sorry, Super Nintendo... Um, it, that's a great way to do it. Obviously, we have no problem with flash cards for things like the marathon. Um, right. right. But, that's not a bad thing, right? But, I mean, they're, no, they're generally no more legal than just downloading the ROM. And, th- in fact, in some ways might be more illegal yes, for the people they're not selling them. Nintendo. Yeah, and I'm somewhat surprised that so many people are able to sell flash cards for games that they don't own. Uh, I think Nintendo's not that bitchy that they would... Luckily, luckily, go right? and take those people down. But I, I, I get what you're saying. The NES, the reason the NES was so amazing was because it licensed games. You would think they would be a little more protective of that, but the fact is, I think Nintendo's too cool for school. <laughs> they said, "Hey, you know what? These people want to do it. Good for them. Yes, right? I, God bless them. It keeps it keeps people buying old NESs, and that helps our brand. And and you know what? Tremendous props for Nintendo." For having the foresight to see that that doesn't kill their brand, that helps their brand. Yes. So luckily, I, I, I bow to Nintendo for for taking that. Yeah, I don't think you'd see Microsoft taking that tactic. Let's just say that. No, and 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 Nintendo has come. I think even Satoru Iwata has come out saying in the past something somewhat addressing that. He's like, we're not gonna go off and and squish these people because no. there's no real reason to. It makes no sense at all. All yeah. you're doing is pissing off your fan base at that point, and that makes no sense. But I think it's extra awesome when so, uh, Billy from the Game Chasers, who is ancillarily connected to the Cheetah Man 2 Kickstarter, uh, will appreciate what I was saying before, is that the, what, what, it's it, especially great when someone makes a reproduction cart. It's, I don't know if you'd really call it a reproduction cart, but a cart for a game that was either not released, if they own the rights to it and they and they they make it if it wasn't released or they fix it or whatever that's extra awesome i think uh or or you have brand new games that are made on old and on actual nes carts like battle kid battle kid 2 these are new nes games being made right really good games actually um that that makes sense they've had a long time to think about them exactly exactly and so those those are i guess you might technically call them a subset of reproduction carts but they're not really reproducing you know, it's a different subject. The original games on, on reproduction carts. Right. And somewhat. More legal. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I, th- I like it. Okay, it's fine. I can dig that. I think that's. I, I, I'm I'm on board with all of that. I think everything you said is is completely how I feel about it. I think there's no. I I, I would if I were to state my opinion, I'd probably go exactly over exactly what you said. Okay, Parbs said. Asked my question for you guys: Is this the year where people finally lose faith in EA? You mean 2013? Yep, as in EA games. Luz, I don't think anyone has any faith in EA. Whoa! <laughs> what? They buy their games, but no one likes EA. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's. I think that's true, except for the biggest selling franchises they have, which are FIFA. Uh, yeah. And Madden, and therefore, no, this okay. is not the year that people will lose faith in EA. I would almost. Because, yeah, because because all the bros out there. No EA Sports. If it's in the game, it's in the game. True, and they generally have the best sports games. I would yeah. almost, I would almost, sub, I, I would almost separate EA games from EA Sports because yeah. it's almost like two different, completely different things. Uh, whether or not people lose faith in EA if they still have it, I think Sim City will tell a lot of that tale. The first yeah. Sim City game in a decade. How That's much right. are they going to screw it up? Or, a lot. Or will they not? Who knows. Who knows? Nobody knows. Looking for it. Sonic Rose again. Big props to her for her tremendous contribution to the marathon as well, being one of our our mods. Pickle question for the for the day. Actually, she says for the silly, but I'm going to say for the day. Sweet pickles or dill pickles? Dill. Yeah, I'm all over the dills. Sweet pickles are weird. I mean, thank you for saying that, by the way, because I mean, come on. Sweet pickles. Maybe that means I wouldn't like cool pickles. I don't know. I'm all, I'm, yeah. No, thank you. All right. Um, I, I am a little. I, I am a little leery of this SimCity DRM, by the way. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Jax Mandrake asks, "You two appear to have an enjoyment of comedy. Where'd you get that idea? What are we funny? Do you? Is that, is that some kind of joke? Are we some, some kind, kind of clowns? clowns? What? Yeah. Are we, are we are we some kind of clowns to you? Um, would you consider yourself get, yeah, fans? Box. Sorry." Would you consider it's, it's perfectly fine? Would you consider yourself fans of any particular comedians? Yes. Next question. Oh, well, okay, that was easy. <laughs> yes, yes, or no question. Get a yes or no answer. Next. Um. Yeah. Who's your favorite comedian? Go. All time. All time. Not now. All time. I don't know. My tastes change. Shut uh, the hell up. What is your who's your favorite comedian I don't, all time? Go. That's like asking me what my favorite song is. I don't have a favorite song. I'm gonna skip right over you and okay, I'm just gonna go. go right into me. What's your favorite Bill Cosby. Yeah, he's very if good. You have not seen Bill Cosby himself. His stand up from like the seventies. Seventies. You must good. must see it. It uh, is absolutely okay. hilarious. And when you see that, you will you will See comics today, and you will say, "My goodness, they are not as good." Um, I like George Carlin, mostly his older stuff. He really got bitter near the uh, last. Of course, day, I love George Carlin. Life. George Carlin is awesome. Um, Louis C.K. is good. Um, Favorite contemporary comedian? Go. Brian Regan's good. Uh, Brian Regan is fantastic. I really like Jim Gaffigan a lot. I was you stole mine. I was gonna say Jim Gaffigan. I freaking I love, love Jim Gaffigan. I love his little voice that he does. You know who else oh. I like is Eugene Merman, and He's I follow him on Twitter. Uh, He's. I, I really like Eugene Merman. 
I don't know how I feel. Sometimes I like his stuff, and sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Okay, all you, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a wordy dude. Are you ready? Yeah. He makes a joke in his last special that I thought was absolutely hilarious called the fucked up a gun. I literally la- and I was not I didn't have a single alcoholic beverage before this. I literally laughed for three for thirty <laughs> minutes when he made the fucked up a gun joke. That's, Check it out; it's absolutely hilarious. That sounds like a medical problem. Um, it, re- it probably is. One of my favorite comedians right now, though, is um, Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin is really funny. He's like he's, have, he's like a that. he's like a Stephen Wright, but I can get really sick of Stephen Wright's monotone after a while. Dimitri yeah. Martin is just kind of like that that kind of matter of fact. There's a joke, you know, and I and, and it kind of catches you unawares. Yeah. So I really like it. Um, I'm a big fan of quick comedy. You know, if a, if a joke takes ten minutes to set up, I'm like, this better be worth it for the time I'm spending, and it never is. But like yeah. one, you know, one of my favorite jokes in the world is two men walk into a bar and the third one ducks. Right. But um, but you know what? I I think it's great that Seinfeld is out there touring again. You know, I I, I think I like Seinfeld, Seinfeld takes some time to kind of set up jokes a lot of times, and I think it's very very funny. Sure. Um, I love Jerry Seinfeld, but he's no George Carlin. He's no Bill Cosby to me. Those two are a classic. Yeah, he's probably as close to it as you can possibly get, but he's no, he's, he isn't there. Mm-hmm. Witch Night, again, big props. Thank you for being part of the marathon. Thank you for being there for, uh, gosh, a significant amount of time. Um, most triumphant marathon, thank you so much for the funny times. You're very welcome. Very um, welcome. So, with the nuclear what whistles. was one of your favorite New Year's ever with New Year's coming up? Our 2000 New Year's was pretty fun. 2000 New Year's was great. Well, 2000 New Year's was... Yeah, 2000 New Year's was crazy because my dad actually <laughs> So for for those of you that out, out there that actually remember Y2K If you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google it. Anyway, you so we had a we had an indoor pool at my old house and what my dad decided to do was people had dared a bunch of people, actually I think it was just one that I can think of, to dive into the pool right when midnight happened, right? So when midnight came about people dived in the pool and my dad actually completely cut the power to the entire he actually flipped the breaker for the entire house so it was as if y2k had completely destroyed the entire power grid right so everyone went freaking crazy for about 10 seconds and then my dad turned it back on and everybody was like okay everything's fine um so that was pretty crazy some people actually dive dove into the pool this is crazy and the lights went out so they were very, very scared of that fact. That was, and came, yeah, you know. that one probably sticks out in my mind more than most. I think. That's a good one. There was the one that we, you and I played Twister with Mrs. Rue. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that I was could, a good one. That, wait, I actually uncovered the pictures of that pretty recently. That was oh, pretty fun. Oh, my. We played Twister. We're going to play Twister. We're going to do some breakdancing. <laughs> um, little Ghostbuster jokes for, for, you, for you out there right now. Um, Creepy. A creak. <laughs> Creepy. Twister, otherwise known as touch your friend's butt. Yes. What? Touch your friend's butt. Or touch your hot friend's butt. <laughs> Wait, what? Touch your friend's talking, hot friend's butt. Are you talking about me? No. No. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Moving, moving on. Okay. Um, I'm hearing rumors. Oh, this is by D-E-S flat. Des flat. 
All right. I'm hearing rumors that the next Xbox will be able to play Blu-rays, which surprises me due to the fact that Microsoft having to pay Sony for that. In other, in other words, licensing. What do you think of these rumors, validity, and whether this is an important thing or not for the Xbox to have? I don't think it's important for it to have. I think we were just talking. We were just talking randomly before this, as I was, as I was setting up the uh, stream. Uh, I can't remember what I was saying it in reference to, but I was like, "Optical media is dead." No, I, was, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to someone else. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to say you didn't talk to me about that at all. You asshole. I was waiting for you to come on, and I was talking to someone on the phone, and I gotcha. said, "Optical media is dead." Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's important for them to have it. I don't know if I would expect that on the next Xbox. I, it's not going to happen. I, I would be a little bit surprised if it was. Forget about it. Indie Game Searchlight asks, what are your favorite games of 2012 slash movies? So give me a game and give me a movie of 2012. Go. Uh, man, it is hard to pick between Avengers and Dark Knight Rises because they're so different. Mm, dinner. Mm, I wonder what's for dinner. I'll go with Avengers for movie. Why not? Avengers for movie. What about game? Game. 2012. Jeez. My favorite or the best? What was the question? No, the best. Oh, I don't know. Well, the actually, it said, it, said, it said your favorite. It said your favorite. Go with your favorite. Uh, I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy Feet Rhythm. Which I know is not the best game. Okay, here. don't don't stop. Just Fi stop talking Civilization right now. Civilization Five: Gods and Kings. That's not my favorite game, movie from 2012. Is Lincoln? Yeah. What? What? Have you seen it? No. Okay, then shut your face hole. Mouth. <laughs> I, I almost said something very badly. Um. So let's say. Uh, so favorite movie: Lincoln. Favorite game. Borderlands 2, but I'll say that only because I have not played Halo 4 yet. Yeah, there's a lot of games I haven't had a chance to play yet, like you know, Blade Chronicles and Last Story and stuff like that. So, no, that's a good point. Yeah, um, that's probably better than other stuff. Yes. All Favorite right. NBA player? Jeremy Lin. Michael Jordan. What? He isn't playing the NBA. Didn't say current. Oh, what would you? So Mogsley asked another again, another great supporter during the marathon. Thank you very much for your time. What would you want to see from the next generation of consoles? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, for me, it's 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 about the integration of the controller experience and the optically driven kind of sensor experience. <sighs> So one thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed about about the Kinect is that, it, is that I can't just hold the controller while I'm doing, while I'm playing a Kinect game. If, if I can hold the controller to control like the movement of something while I shoot in an FPS, guess what? Solve the FPS problem. If that doesn't happen in the next generation of consoles, I'm going to be pretty upset. I'd like to see some good games. Yeah. But that's that's mostly the most important. Well, okay. Uh, way to take the easy way out, you dill Goku Den asks, again, great, great, great feedback during the marathon. Thank you very much for being a part of this. Will you be playing the Elder Scrolls online next year? You can't hear me, but I'm shaking my head. No. The only online right. guy, the only online game I can see myself playing in the near future, if it even comes out here, is Dragon Quest Ten. 
And that's probably just to try it out more than anything else. Yep. No, I'm all I'm all over that. I you know I. I love the Elder Scrolls universe. I absolutely love it. But I don't think I'll play an online game of it. I really, really enjoy the single player. We've talked about this before, but I just don't think we're going we're gonna to make that work. Okay. Um, okay. 2D2 will, in other words, spelled out in, in the fashion that R2D2 would be spelled out in a, in a card, in a, in a playing card, for example. D2D2. 2D2 Will asks, favorite game shows, past or present? Oh. Great question. Uh, Jeopardy's classic. Actually, of I still course. watch that almost every night with the wife. Um, I really enjoyed Win Ben Stein's Money back in its heyday. That was a great, great game show. Shoot. What other really good ones that aren't around anymore? I never liked Wheel of Fortune. I'm, I'm bad at word. Yeah, consoles. I've never, never been a Wheel of Fortune fan. Um, I actually, I, of course, I love Jeopardy too. You remember uh, what was that Inquisition? Inquisition was really cool on Comedy Central. You mean with the British guy? Was it on Comedy Central? But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Comedy Central with the British guy. Who was like mockingly asking people stuff and then like making fun of them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, da, 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 that was da. a good one. And then uh, along the similar lines was Beat the Geeks, which was I think on Comedy Central for Beat a little the while. Beat the Geeks was awesome. Where they had, like, I really enjoyed that. And I always hated the music geek because I always knew I, I always knew things that he didn't know, <laughs> and I knew I, I needed to be the music geek, so uh-huh. I hated. It. But Beat the, Beat the Geeks was awesome. Win Ben Size Money was a great one. Um, and stuff. I really enjoyed the uh, this. It was like the Scrabble esque kind of game with um, Chuck Woolery on the Game Channel. Oh, it was. Um, wasn't it Scrabble? No, you're talking Lingo. Lingo. That was it. Lingo. He, he was also great... did Scrabble back in the day, but yeah, but Lingo was the was the the shiz night. That was a great, great game. My parents really like watching that. Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, uh, Psychopather brought up Stump the Schwab, which is like Beat the Geeks, but for sports. Stump the Schwab was great. Yep. Uh, there's there's so many good, good game shows. Anyway. All right. Last question. Oh, here we go. Because we're late here. Make it good. Debate question. Will December 21st be the most... And this is, by the way, by Kilos01. Debate question. Will December 21st be the most annoying day in Facebook history... Or not discuss. Wow. Um, I'm going to recuse myself from that. No, you can't do that. You're a part of a podcast in which people ask you a question. You can't recuse yourself. No, I'm going to recuse myself because I don't want to discuss politics. You have what the hell does December twenty first? <laughs> no, it's asking if it's the most annoying day in uh, in Facebook history. You have to compare it to other days in the world. It's going to be very annoying. I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> the most annoying day in Facebook history because I do not recuse myself. Yes, I would say that it is absolutely going to be the most annoying day ever because everyone is either going to have a something to say about how ridiculous people everyone was. 
or how ridiculous everyone wasn't it, in being a part of it. It and, reminds me, yeah, and it reminds me of when those crazy people were saying the the world was ending. I can't even remember what day last year. Uh, and then afterward, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're still alive. And it's like, he got you. It was like 12 people thought that. Eat that. Like, you seriously, why, why are you making this such a big deal? Yeah, I think it will be the biggest day in Facebook history. But I think that's a sad, sad indictment of Facebook. And has nothing to do with the 21st of December. Wah, wah. In any case, thank you very much for being a part of our audience tonight, folks. We know this is very close to, to the marathon within which many of you, of whom we've given great credit to tonight, has spent a significant amount of time. Um, we thank you for your time there. We thank you for your time here. We are very, very happy to be bringing you the Echo Screen Live. And, uh, and you know, I mean, hey, we, I think we've, we've, we've covered a lot of ground today, a lot of things we talked about today. A lot of yes. times, necessarily, you know, people don't necessarily ask a lot of questions about pickles, but people did tonight. I enjoyed the pickle questions very much, actually. Pickle questions happen tonight. That was something we don't see very often. So thank you all for your questions, and thank you, as always, of being the viewers of the, the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. 850 miles away from me right now is Rue. Rue, thank you very much. Yes, thank you, and thank everyone uh, who came to the donate. Came to the, I'm tired. They came to the marathon and donated, and come here. And thanks for a great year. Hey, this is the first year of Echo Screen Live. Let's That's right. Do it again right. next year. We'll do it again next year. You can <laughs> bank on that. Thank you all for making mar for making marathon donations and marathon time donations. As Rue just said, I thank you very much for that. This is the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. I am the Commodore. I'm Rue. Ding, ding. And there is no reset button. Well, I'm going to play you out.